You know, that could almost be a Christmas song. The gray havens, at last the king. Glory, glory, sing the angels in the highest. At last the king has arrived. Victory 91.5. My name is Brian Race. Our Bible teacher today is our general manager, Ray Haynes. Yom Kippur starting officially tonight. Tonight. Nightfall. And so that's why you're here. That song that uh, it it really could be a Christmas song, but it also could be a fall feast song because the Feast of Trumpets was the birthday of Christ. Mm -hmm. So thinking about this. The trumpets, what were what was the symbolism through all the years? They were playing the trumpets, and which is the shouting of your voice, the clearing. Yeah, the announcement. The trumpet. It yeah. was. It was the announcement of Jesus. So when you really think about that, that this, uh, the, if we could put Christmas where it belongs in the fall feast, <laughs> uh, and through these ten days, suddenly you uh, you have this beautiful declaration where for the Jews they can't, you know, if they don't follow the Messiah, they don't grasp the fact that he's already come and those trumpets, the hundred trumpet blasts were the angels that did come and did announce that uh, the birth, the good news of great joy. And so, you know, instead of this, the judgment and all the bad things we could be focusing on, salvation has come and uh, the good things. But of course, uh, the, the sad news is that for each one of us, we do have to stand before the throne of God, the judgment seat of God. What you want is Jesus in front of you. You want him to represent you. The last thing you want is to be standing on your own. So we're going to talk about seven things you need to understand. We're looking in the book of Revelation, and this is the Day of Atonement. In Revelation, we would call that Judgment Day. So this earthly sanctuary uh It's just a shadow. The things we see around us, it's all just a shadow, especially as you read the Old Testament, as we go through all the feasts. You think about the tabernacle and then the temple and the Holy of Holies, and they'd walk through. You've you've got sacrifices and lights and bread and all this labor of water and, and all these things. Here's what it says in Hebrews 8. They serve, the priest, at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. That is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. So 1,500 years or so before John was told by the angel, come up here and got to stand and look at the tabernacle in heaven. Moses was on Mount Sinai and he was told, come up here. And there he stood looking into heaven at this tabernacle that he was supposed to write down all the specific instructions and measurements and then go and build. And that they were supposed to follow through with that from tabernacle to temple to temple. After that, the tabernacle and then the temple were a replica of the throne room in heaven that God designed at the time of creation. Everything was made at the same time. Each article symbolized something God has done to save us from our sins. Therefore, everything is a reflection of Jesus, Yeshua. That's why we can still encounter Jesus when we celebrate the Day of Atonement. We don't have to be afraid on the Day of Judgment. That's the best news you'll get all day. When you read Revelation, you're usually looking into the heavenly sanctuary, the tabernacle. Everything you see relates to the sanctuary, and it relates to you. 
Each object and piece of furniture speaks of Christ, the, the brazen altar. It's his sacrificial death for us, the laver of water, his cleansing us, the golden candlestick, he enlightens us, the table of showbread, he sustains us, the altar of incense, he's interceding for us, the veil, his body, which was broken for us. It was the only door representing Jesus who said, I am the door. And the Ark of the Covenant, his word in the flesh, humanity and deity in the midst of us. This is what the tabernacle was. This is what we are about. This is why as we stand on the day of atonement, the day of judgment, we can stay boldly, stand boldly because we know that he went before us. Moses started receiving the instructions for the tabernacle in the third month of the first year finished building it on the first day of the first month of the second year. This equals nine months, which of course represents the nine months in the womb for Jesus to birth or build his fleshly tabernacle and also the church. The main one in charge of building most of the tabernacle was Bezalel from the tribe of Judah, which represented that the Messiah would be birthed through the line of Judah. God would speak to the children of Israel through this tabernacle, representing the Messiah being the word, which is why in John 12, Jesus said he didn't speak his own words. He spoke the words of his father commanded him to speak. And the last of the seven things you need to know, the son is the true tabernacle of the Father. Revelation 21.3, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. So, I know I'll say it a million times before I'm done properly, but, you know, you can disregard all of these things, but at your own loss, these things are Jesus, and it'll only ever help you come and know him better if you'll just stop and say, I want to know you better. I want to know you fully, God. Show me yourself. And he will open up this full picture of himself. Because this, once again, Revelation 21.3, that's the end when we get ready for the new heavens and the new earth. So this is not going to stop. It's just going to continue. So coming up, the furniture of heaven. Mm.